0: So, uh, we just want the Lord to open our eyes and our understanding. Amen, Lord, just open that up for us that we might see, believe, and hear your word. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, we're still talking about making that faith connection with God. Amen. We have to connect with God by faith. Uh, There are so many ways to relate to God. Um, Sometimes people have a historical knowledge about who God is and never have applied faith in that. They don't understand that you can have, uh, you can enter into relationship with God by faith. I think there are a lot of people standing at the the edge, at the brink of the door and not able to enter in. (coughs) Because uh, there hasn't been a real invitation made. And that's why we're commanded to preach the gospel. The good news is that God can be a father to all of us. We can have relationship with God. We can have a new life in God. A whole uh, uh, transformed life uh, because we can apply our faith uh, in, in God. And so it's so very, very important to put your faith in him. Confidence in him. Trust him. Uh, Invest yourself in God. Uh, Because if you're just sitting up listening to stories and listening to head knowledge, it's not going to be much good to you. Your life won't be changed. You won't be transformed. There won't be anything uh, that God purposes for your life to really happen for you. And so you'll be kind of on the outside looking in maybe, but never really entering in because you enter into the kingdom by faith. And so God wants us all inside where we can relate to him, we can have that good life that he promised us, uh, we can be children of God and heirs. And uh, uh, servants, we can serve him and not the God of Mammon. You know, there's only two choices here. either serve God or you serve the world or the God of Mammon. And so we can serve the living God. Uh, We can have our life account for something. We can have a a purposeful, meaningful life that way if we will invest our faith in God. So many times our faith is challenged. And and this is where the rubber kind of meets the road. Are we going to continue to believe? God, or are we going to put our trust elsewhere? See, it's a matter of what you trust and who you trust. Before we come to know God, we trust ourselves. We trust other people. You know, your faith kind of hops from person to person. But when you invest your faith in God, it's finally found a resting place. You know, it's found a home. You don't have to look around to, you know, if, if you were looking to your marriage to be fulfilling and that disappointed, you now i got to put your faith over in something else, you know. And so we have found our faith has found a resting place. has found a home. When it's Invested in God faith that's invested in God will pay great dividends because it will increase as we trust him more and more. Our faith increases in him. You'll see your faith begin to take on a different power. It, it will start to have overcoming power in situations where you won't be fearful about stepping out and doing certain things because your faith will, will, will kind of guide you into the right way to go. And so it's very very, very important and beneficial to us that we make that faith connection with God. So many people have emotional connections to God. You know, they'll sit in front of a statue and weep. Or they'll sit in front of a picture of a crucifix and see Jesus, uh, you know, uh, dying on the cross and, and suffering. And they'll have that emotional uh, thing where they feel a connection there. But you can't connect to God by emotion and have a beneficial relationship it must be by faith Uh, without it it's impossible to please God you'll never please him and you want to please him You want to live a life, it is possible to please God. I think sometimes people don't really think about it that way. We don't think in terms of, you know, is my life pleasing to God? Am I doing what he called me to do? Uh, Am I doing the best I can uh, with the resources that he's put? Is this pleasing to him? And so I think that's a big a big question we need to answer. Um, there's so many diversions along the road. You know, you, you'll get in a group of Christians and they want you to please them. And forget about pleasing God. You, you see, we make so many expectations and demands on one another. Uh, and it's not right. It really isn't. We are here. Now we can enjoy one another in the Lord. and We can benefit from one another's company and fellowship and all of that, but, but we're not here to please one another, you know, I, I can't tell you uh, get your act together because I don't like certain things that you do, you know, that's not right, you know, I mean, you do that in the world and, and, you know, we sometimes if you think somebody's a friend, you know, you might take the liberty of getting a little involved in their business, but still, that's not your job uh, to uh, discipline and correct that other individual because you want something out of them, you You know, we belong to God first. And so that has to be respected. And that has to always be uh, honored, you know, Is this person belongs to God and what has God told them is important in their life? What is God dealing with them on? Can I help that process by relating to them in love and respect and and so forth and so on? And so that's how we, we relate to one another. We can't make these foolish demands on one another because God must be first in all things. When we have that faith connection with God, that relationship must come. Come first, and that relationship must be respected. Now, as as ministers, we can enhance your relationship with God through teaching, through instruction, uh, through through uh, example, all that kind of stuff, and through leadership. You know, uh, uh, ministers who aren't very good leaders, the flock doesn't go very far. You know, men, uh, leaders should challenge you to be all that God's called you to be. They should challenge you to come out of of your your uh, unbelief and out of your weakness and out of your fears and doubts and all those kinds of things and and step out there and see if God's out there with you you know what i'm saying they uh, it's a, what we call risky business <laughs> you know leadership is risky business sometimes because we we risk offending people we risk people arguing with us and if they're stuck in their ways they fight to stay there and all that kind of stuff and so we're, we're constantly uh, endeavoring to see if we can get you to see what's out there you know, if you just see what's on the other side of your fear, if you could see what's on the other side of that wall, if you could see what's on the other side of that, uh, it would be, uh, it, you This you would find this a joy. This life would be a joy if you could just get a vision of what's out there and begin to step toward it. And so uh, these things are important for us to, to understand that when we make that faith connection in God, it's going to take us on some journeys and some trips and some Places that we never thought we'd be before, uh, meet some people we didn't know existed, and, and have relationships that uh, that we we didn't know were there, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just so important for us to understand that faith is important in God. Uh, I I know there are times we've been challenged financially from time to time and, and I can remember times when I was just thinking I said well God we just need uh, this that and the other and it will always come from a source you didn't imagine you know you just wouldn't have thought in a zillion bazillion years that God would answer that the way he did uh, or if if sometimes people will contact you that you didn't know oh I've been, I've been reading your daily teachings for five years you know and somebody will finally uh, you know have the courage To contact you and let you know. And it might be a day where you're thinking to yourself, well, should I continue to do this? You know, does anybody. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. And and so that's the the faith connection that we have with God. You know, I I serve God by faith. And he responds to me uh, to encourage that faith. You know, to keep you going and not uh, see you quit. Not see you be let down. He is so encouraging of our faith. He just really, really is. Uh, When you see how Jesus dealt with people all of his dealings with people uh, were to get them to express their faith in God. You know, it's just, he knew it was there, but he knew it needed to come out so that he can do uh, for them what needed to be done. And so uh, sometimes the testings that we have or the situations that we confront and go through are to get us to express what's really in there. It's not like you don't have it. you got it. But God needs to get it on the outside of you where it can do you some good. And so we, we need to understand that this faith connection is something we we got to learn about it, we got to understand it, and we got to employ it on a continual basis faith is not something you pull out of your pocket or out of your purse in an emergency but the Bible says the just shall live by every day living by faith every day trusting God don't take your faith and put it back in your pocket if you get frustrated with something that you stepped out and did and now the enemy's trying to make you think it's not going to happen well how common is that you know just welcome to the club you know that that's that's how we live we live we need faith because there are things that will oppose it and these things are out there and so there are times when we need to use our faith to oppose the thing that opposes us Uh, And so that's what faith is for as well. It's a confrontational force. And so when we confront situations with our faith, we need to know that God backs us up as long as we're trusting him. You're not trusting yourself, you're not trusting your connections, you're not trusting your intellect, you're not trusting your neighbors or your wealthy cousin or your well-connected person or, you know, any. you're trusting God. And that's the best thing to do because, boy, God can really provide and he can really show you, the greatness of his love for us and the greatness of his provision for us we need to understand that we are anxious but God isn't so God's always on time we're the ones that want everything extra early but God's on time sometimes we'll find you know well you know this bill is coming up when's it doing two weeks well look for God to show up on the 13th day you got me? Why doesn't he show up two weeks early cuz you'll spend it on something else? Amen. He knows his kids. Huh? If you had a if you had a kid that liked licorice, you wouldn't give it to him every day. You give him to him every now and then. And so God knows how to keep us on schedule with the things that are important in life. Amen. We all know it, don't we? Tell the truth. Amen. You wouldn't be struggling if you keep your money on its assignment. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a story that went over real big. So it's true anyway. You know, we always have impulsive ideas about creative things we want to do to get ourselves in debt. Everybody has that. But we have to commit these things to God. And don't think if you take time to pray and get a response from God, it's going to take forever. You know, that's always the lie of the devil because God is so ready to help us and so willing to put us, you know, sometimes he's got the answer here and it's coming so fast it scares us and we say it's not God. See, and so we have to understand that that trusting God means keeping your prayer out there for him and only him, getting your answer from him and only him, and trusting in him and only him now God will use people don't get me wrong but don't ever make the mistake of transferring your trust to man and take it out of God that's a grave mistake and so we need to keep our faith in God so God as our Father has made full provision for our life of faith notice life of faith not life in the flesh so this means the former life and purpose really is reckoned dead Is nailed to the tree. Our obedience to God will provide whatever it is that we need. We become God's responsibility. You got me? When we put our faith in Him, then we are His responsibility. We're not having to work this out ourselves once we put our confidence and our trust in Him. Amen. Everything we see from Him is by faith. From, from your identity as a child of God, gift, calling, ability, whatever it is, and we receive these things by faith. You just must believe that what God says in His Word about you is true. What He says you're going to do is true. All of that. And we have to adjust our thinking and our actions To line up with and agree with God's word. So our job is to stay in agreement. Faith stays in agreement with God's word. So faith will always bring you in line with the word of God. It will never violate trust in God's word. Our success then depends on our alignment. Faith. We must mix what we see and hear with faith. Don't let the word stay out there and and talk to you and you don't embrace it. Even if it hurts you, even if it's a little prickly to you, you have to do all of these things by faith. So your faith must embrace God's word. Uh, the The Bible talks about the the, um, um, the children of Israel. Uh, the word didn't profit them, it says, because it was not mixed with faith. So they could have believed God, too. You believe in something. You can believe God as easily as you can believe the lies of the devil. Believing God, though, will cause you to, to, to humble yourself, though. You'll have to step down a bit off of your what you think you believe and all of the nonsense that goes with it. And so, believing God will, will cause you to say, you know what, that's right. It, it goes in at a deeper level, you know... It, there's something different about when you receive God's word you know it's like if you have intellectual knowledge you know it's kind of like stiff and haughty in a high place but you know when that revelation of God hits you it kind of takes a little air out of you and, shoo, and you come down and you see you know what that, and so it works on a deeper level I think it, it really penetrates you and it causes you to come into a different realm of thinking you know your, your thoughts are surrounded with different things then and it's not like you have it all together all of a sudden it's you understanding something now and then you start to hunger for more so it kind of keeps you in that humble place of hungering for more understanding to go with that because every revelation that we receive always has a a A sense of completeness but there's a sense of what else is there thing too you know yeah there's like paul said i know how to be full and hungry at the same time there's a fullness that comes when god answers a question for you he brings you into knowledge but then that knowledge is so incomplete; it kind of leads you down a street that says there's there's something else that goes with this. You know, I don't have all of it, and so that's God, and and we can we can live a very uh, contented life in that realm because. Then we trust that if He gave us as much as He gave us, He'll give us the rest of it. See, there's more coming. When I need to understand more, there is more coming. Never uh, mis- make the mistake of thinking and, and getting satisfied with where you are in God, satisfied with your life in God, or feel like you know so much or you want to, you know, lord it all over other people and tell your knowledge and all that. There's There's nothing more uh, foolish than that because when you humble yourself and really think about it, you think to yourself, man, if I really knew God as well, I would have this taken care of, I'd have this under my belt, I'd have this (laughs) straightened out, I I wouldn't have so many blanks and questions and needs still in life if if my uh, knowledge of him were complete. And so uh, then that becomes kind of an adventure in itself. Wondering about the next next great thing that God's going to show me, or the next thing that you know, what's around the corner? Yeah. You know, that's that's the satisfying thing about knowing God is there's always more to come. You know, uh, it's uh, you know, it's like the old soap operas they used to do. You know, with the organ music at the end, dun, 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 dun. and they always left it the cliffhanger. You know, so God's. <laughs> God's the great, and I'm not dating myself. They they still have soap operas on television. <laughs> there was maybe one left, but uh, but still, it, it's always and and I think that's good. It's exciting. God knows what we need to keep us interested in life. And if there's more to come, then that's exciting for us. You know, there is more to come, uh, and and that yeah, absolutely, we should anticipate uh, increasing in our knowledge of God, and as we step out in faith. and and begin to use the things, the the equipment, tools God's given us, then he gives us more. And that's the great thing about faith in God. It's not just to collect dust with what you know. But it's a, a working faith. Faith is an action. Above all things, it is an action. Even if it's the act of confessing the word through your prayer, and through your request or whatever it also is an action there's an action that corresponds to your faith in Hebrews 11 he tells us faith is substance so there's a satisfaction that comes with living by faith. It's not an empty life. There's a, uh, a substance to it, satisfaction to it. There's a, a sense of uh, something solid underneath you. You're not just running around here uh, like they say, blind faith. We, our faith has lots of vision to it uh, because we're hoping for something and that we can see. You know, whenever you there's something you hope for, it's something that comes into your mind's eye, the eye of your spirit, that you can see it and you can understand what it's about. And so, uh, faith is substance and evidence. And so, really, we don't really need. Uh, a confirmation or a, a, you know a, a fleece or something like that because your faith really is your evidence you know people will say I'm waiting on a manifestation well you know you're not because your faith is substance that's manifestation enough you know or should be uh, sometimes we get nervous about when it's going to happen or when it's going to come to pass but you really don't need anything in the visible realm uh, and if you did have something visible that would kind of detract from your faith you know we'd start following up on signs and, and uh, uh, external things but it, the Bible says the just shall live by faith And a justified person God's word is enough for us you know putting your confidence in God's word is enough and we will find that God's word is enough if we'll step out and, and use our faith in, in remarkable ways And so in Hebrews uh, 11, we'll talk about uh, some of the things. We we talked about understanding coming through faith. And how the sinner will question the Bible and and want to understand it. But if he doesn't put his trust in God, he will get no understanding. See, that's one of the great, uh, um, I guess you could say... uh, um, Um, conflicts with people there are people standing on the outside of God's kingdom wanting to understand what's inside but you'll never get understanding unless you put your faith in God and so it says here by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God you've got to believe what you read in the bible first before you'll understand that. So all the people that want to understand creation, they got to be believers first before God'll give them understanding of it. Or else you'll think some big bang every week, you'll have a different thought about how the world was created. And people have that because they are not understanding by faith. And then they come to a believer and we accept it. You mean you believe everything I sure do. Mm -hmm. Because I put my faith in God. I don't take my faith out of God and put it someplace else or, or shop around with my faith for where I think I want to put it next. I put my faith in God. And so once it's in God, then he feeds that faith with more understanding. Many people have have made uh, uh, the creation museum has made a whole ministry out of the first book of the Bible, not the, even the whole book you know the first maybe dozen chapters or so they 've developed a whole why because they believe what they read, and from that an expansion of their understanding has come to the degree that they can draw people. To their exhibits down there based on just the creation, understanding creation to the full. And they're still underst- trying to understand more and more about it. So many ramifications of it are coming to them now. be Just from this little thing right here, obeying this third chapter of Hebrews 11. And so, and we see that things that are made come from things that that were never there, that don't appear to us. So the things that are made come from somewhere. They come from God. See, all of this will lead you right back to God. And that they were framed by his word. So that things which are seen were not made. So this will take the, you know primordial ooze people and the big bang people you know to take them to task because they have to start out with something that was made but we start out with things that weren't made that weren't seen you see what I'm saying and so that's where the truth is they're afraid to go into that realm you know, I can remember when I was, did you ever have these things when you were a kid before you really knew God where you would try to figure out what came first and, and where did the world come? And then you got scared and you ran into God. That's what happened with that. And, amen. Fear of the Lord's the beginning of wisdom. And so as you begin to search, try to search your little brain for answers and so forth and so on. You do run into God, and so many of those people uh when they get to that point of fear, they back off and don 't pursue it any longer. If you continue to pursue it you you 'll come to the gospel you know, and God'll show you how to have a relationship with him uh, through faith in him so and then uh, in, drop down to hebrews eleven six okay, so we said that without faith it 's impossible to please Him because when you come to god, you've got to believe. And when you when you come to God for answers, and I don't care if you come to his people, to his ministers, those people are coming to God. Don't, don't get me wrong. When they go to the preachers that, you know, are prominent and so forth, they are really coming to God for answers. But you've got to believe that God, number one, that God's alive, that he exists, and he will reward you if you will diligently seek him. So that knocks a lot of the uh, new age people and, and, uh, you know, all of these people out of the box because they don't believe God's going to reward them. They believe God's mean. They believe that God's, you know, he's been outdated. You know, all this stuff in the Bible is half of it's not true and all of that. So they don't fulfill the qualifications for um, coming to God and receiving answers from him. It says, by faith Noah in verse 7, and this is interesting, he was warned of God of things that were never seen before. But that warning so moved him with fear that he obeyed God and prepared an ark as though those things were real. So this is what we, our response must be when you make that faith connection with God, once you receive His word, you have to move out in obedience of that, even though you've never seen what He's promising you before. It's never come into your life before. It's never happened before. It may ne- may not have happened for anybody you know. You may not even have a testimony to rely upon that this has been done for anybody. But once God's word gets planted inside of you, it can't be moved. If it's really God, that word won't be moved. You know, that that once it's planted in there, uh, you, can, you can try to ignore it. You can try to say it's not important. You can try to, all of these things, wash it away, wish it away, whatever. But it will not be moved once it's planted. Once you embrace it by faith they cannot be moved I know when many of us have this experience when you first came into the things of God when you were first saved you know and you uh, that seed of righteousness that came in there and then you started to do unrighteous things again Yeah, we all did it. You know, you you said a bad word or uh, you got mad at somebody and you stayed mad at them or, you know, something like that. And you began to, did I really get saved? Uh, Is this real? And then finally one day that stopped bugging you. It's got to be true for all of us. So what happened was that seed was planted on the inside of you. That seed of righteousness of your salvation. And the devil began to fight you for it. But because you embraced it by faith, that seed grew and eventually you won that battle. And you think back back now you say, how could I ever have doubted? Because that seed has grown now. It's overgrown the doubt that the enemy tried to put in there. And so once a seed of God's word is planted in you folk, that thing will grow. You got me? It will grow and it will continue to grow. I don't care how much uh, you go through weeds in life or how much difficulty you have in life. What's in there will pop out. Trust me. You find, you find uh, people that have had uh, uh, exposure to teaching on healing and they may go a different route or they may go down a different road but eventually they will come back to that seed that's in there because the the difficulties of life will cause that seed life's breath to get breathed on it again you understand what i'm saying and that thing will start to grow and then pretty soon it'll start to overgrow all of their doubt and their symptoms and all of this and all of that uh, because faith is like that i was speaking with with somebody that uh, doesn't, doesn't come to our meetings, they, they came because, you, you know, them kind of people. And so uh, they were, uh, they're were in a Baptist church, you know, where they're told, now they are spirit filled, but they go back there because they like that stuff, you know. Some people relate to church different from the way they relate to God. You know, people are a little screwed up. You understand what I'm saying? I believe when God saves you, He puts you in a place where you can grow. Period, He doesn't put you in a place where you uh, you know you, your tradition, the weeds of tradition will choke out the Word of God and so forth. And so this person just, just wanted prayer. I said, uh, uh, I'm, I went to the doctor. My blood sugar. They say I'm, I have diabetes now, and, and they keep giving me medicine, and it, all of it makes me sick. I can't take any of it. And I said, Well, maybe God's trying to tell you, you don't need it. You better get in the Word and get your. Well, you know, God healed me. Now God's healed me several times. See, this is the testimony. God's healed me before, and I, I've, I've gotten my healing from God before. I said, Well, that ability's still in where do you think it went you think you can just kill that seed uh, that's been planted the seed of God's word the uh, incorruptible seed the imperishable seed come on you can't kill that thing you need to live out of that instead of living out of your flesh and out of stupid religious tradition because you think you're going to be the mother of the church one day and your husband's going to be a deacon or something like that you know crazy stuff and you 'll sell your your privileges in God for something man made, but when the rubber meets the road and you you see that you are sicker than a dog, and you can remember a time where you walked in health, you know you'll go gravitate back to that root again and try to get that thing growing again. Praise God so they left out of there with the word and some tapes and you know and that kind of thing but you know you you have to understand the the power of the incorruptible seed you can't ignore what's in there you can't cover it over and you can't you can't make other things more fulfilling than what god has for you you know it this is, it won't happen it will not happen you can try it But I'm telling you, it won't happen. That seed that's in you is going to crave water. It's going to crave to live. It's going to crave life. And it's going to crave to dominate your life and lead your life. Because that's the incorruptible. That's Jesus living inside of you, folks. Wanting to do his thing to help you. And he knows what's best for you. So, Noah was warned of things. And he prepared an ark to save his family. And he acted as though it had rained before See, if, if you act like something's true, or act like it's so, before it's so, it'll be so. That's how faith operates. And he says when he began to build the ark, that's when he passed judgment on the world's unbelief. His faith. Now, if he had just said yes to God, I believe that's going to happen, and never put a piece of timber together. He'd have perished with everybody else. Your faith must take you all the way in obedience with God. He had to prepare that ark and believe that God was with him and believe that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And to the last nail. You got me? You can't have a dream out there that's halfway fulfilled where you got part of it put together and leave it undone. You've got to do the whole obedience before God will come through with his part. But yes, he was able to, to uh, prepare for salvation, not only of his righteous family, but also with, um, with uh, the animals that God had, had seen to spare on the earth. And he became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So that's the highest kind of righteousness to have. The faith righteousness, not the righteousness by the law, which came later, but faith righteousness, which works every single time. When you put your faith in God, that that makes you holy, just like he's holy. That righteousness comes in your life. You can't be stopped. You can't be hindered. As long as you're trusting God, it will not lead you down the wrong way. You might try to steer the boat a different direction because you get scared, but that righteousness will take over again and lead you on the right way. God is faithful. He is faithful. He says, Abraham left security in the natural to follow God by faith. See, we all have to do that. There's a security that you had in the world that you could run back to. You know, well, I can always do so and so and so. No, you can't. You got to stay in here. You got to leave that that natural security, that security, that thing that you always have done. You know, to 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 you know to get over. You know, it's different for everybody. You know, sometimes we, you know there's a, a, a cousin that we could always go to for a loan. You know, and all of a sudden, cuz don't want to be bothered with us no more. Well, that's a good thing because now you can trust God and not go back to that comfortable thing. Abraham left his whole family, he went out to a place which he would after receive as an inheritance, and he obeyed and went out not knowing where he was going. He just got up and obeyed the voice of God. And so when he, when God saw him do that, he accounted that as righteousness. And God was with him and began to help him after he obeyed him. See, that, that obedience puts your confidence over in God. You can't have confidence in God without getting up and obeying him. You've got to do something toward God in order to show him you believe him faith is always in action it can't just be a, a confession sitting around confessing all the time there's got to be a corresponding action that moves you closer to that thing that you're you're seeking God for so Abraham moved out didn't know where he was going and and then he was told by God that he was going to receive certain things and he kept moving around every time God told him to go to a different place he went to that different place not knowing that he was setting up every place that his foot was would tread he was setting up an inheritance for all of the millions of souls God told him would be his children after a period of time sometimes we don't know why we're doing things the way we do them if you obey God God, you'll find out later that you are setting up an inheritance for somebody. You're setting up a ministry for somebody. You're setting up knowledge for somebody. You're setting up wisdom for somebody. You're setting up something as long as you're obeying God. And so as we continue to step into the obedience, righteousness, and the obedience that we do by faith, we find that when God is with us, he is doing greater and greater and greater things than we could ever imagine through what we are doing in the here and now. Many people look at it only in the temporal. We look at what your faith is creating now. But faith in God is eternal. So you got to realize, see Abraham didn't know at that time, but the faith that he used, that he accumulated in God, that he developed in God, that he, he cultivated in God, is the faith that he left in the earth for us to live by now. See, he was setting up an inheritance for succeeding generations to follow in. Why? Because we can read what he did and partake of that faith just by mixing ours with that. So we can inherit his faith that way. That's that's what a faith inheritance is. You look on those pages and you say, wow, I can do that. Wow, look at God. Look at Abraham. Well, if he can believe like that, how come I can't do that? And you you step out and you begin to, to accept that. Well, you're receiving your faith inheritance from him. He's our father. He's the father of the faith. There's only one faith and that's faith in God. And it has to be followed all the way down the Line. believe in Jesus Christ confess your sins receive the adoption receive the new birth receive the spirit of God all of that and that's our inheritance so he was really storing up and laying up for future generations a faith that would come to us by faith you believe in God; it's counted as you, toward you as righteousness, and that faith is able to accomplish everything you see everybody in the Bible accomplish. And that faith tells you you can do it. Nobody has to tell you when you look in there and you see, oh, oh Abraham left his, his family and and you know God blessed him and everything, and, and nobody has to tell you you can do that too. Your faith will tell you that. Faith counsels you and helps you to understand what you can accomplish through faith. In uh, verse 11, says, Through faith also, Sarah. So here you see faith coming into a household of believers. So just as Abraham had a part to believe, Sarah had a part to believe also. She had her doubts just like he did. She had a natural way of seeing God's blessings come into their lives, just like He did. But when those, when they began to experience the fruit of those things and see that that really wasn't what God promised them, they still hungered for what God had for them. So that's what faith will do to you. Once that seed's planted in you, it'll continue to grow, and it'll tell you whether it has the right thing or not. Your faith will tell you, that seed will tell you whether it's producing the right thing for you or not. They'll say, nope, that's not quite it. Or you'll get a, an irritation in your spirit and say, nope, that's not the right thing to do. This is this is not going to work. It's not going to happen this way. You know, and, and you got to understand that you then you go the way of faith. You go the way that your faith is leading you to go. Faith is always active. It's never dormant. Faith, if it does nothing else, it gives thanks to God. And it worships God. You know, you can, you know, you can uh, think about something. And it would have the, the mind to get worried about it. You think about something you're believing God for. And then your faith will tell you, uh, 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 don't don't be concerned. Just thank him for taking care of that for you. you know, just thank him for taking care of that for you. And, and you'll find that thanksgiving becomes an attitude and a spirit that you keep around you at all times. Why? Because it helps your faith. They work hand in hand. And so faith will help you to create an atmosphere to keep it alive. Alive instead of letting it die. Faith will do all that for you. When you have faith in God, that faith is a living spirit. It's a spiritual force and it is alive. It is God. It's an attribute of the life of God. And so that faith will begin to speak to you to do certain things. So it says, through faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. So Abraham received strength and so did Sarah. And was delivered of a child when she was past age. Underline words conceive and delivered. Because many times people will say, well, I thought I was believing God for so and so and it didn't happen. No, if you conceived it, it will be delivered. You understand me? There's no such thing in God that you believe him and, and that, that seed and that promise begins to grow in you and it not come to pass. The only reason it hasn't is because you let the enemy talk you out of believing God for it. It's on the way. Many times people walk away from, from a harvest, you know, and I've lived long enough to see it over and over and over again, where the struggle to keep to maintain their faith overwhelms them. And they get let themselves get discouraged and let themselves get bitter on the inside. And bitterness cannot feed faith. It cannot feed a seed that has faith in it. And so that seed then goes dormant because it will hide itself from your bitterness. You got me? just like foul conditions in the natural you'll see uh, sometimes archaeologists can dig up uh, seeds from from plants that don't even exist anymore because the conditions got so bad that the seed kind of developed that shell over itself and it wasn't able to produce in those harsh conditions but when conditions get right again you know there's life still in that seed and it will begin to grow and it will begin to blossom and it's the same thing with what happened with us in God. See that, that the conditions of our, our, um, our soul and our life are such that we don't let that seed live. And that seed, but that, that seed hasn't gone anywhere. It's going to fold up and close up and protect itself, protect the life that's in it until conditions are right again. Now tell me I'm I'm lying. You'll get in an atmosphere where the worship starts going and you start crying and you start bawling. You start telling God how much you love him again. And you start believing everything that you thought he wasn't going to do starts popping up in your your mind again. And you start to embrace it again. And you start to believe God again. Well, you could have done that a long time ago. You didn't have to walk around bitter for 10 years because of something you thought God was going to do for you. I was uh, thinking, I think it was uh, Shannon, was reminding me. We talked about a, a testimony. Uh, there was a little elderly woman, Roberts Laird, and let her give her testimony that time about knowing she was called to the ministry. But all of the years she thought she was preparing herself. She was working at this church that didn't allow women to preach. And over the years she got bitter. She got angry. She did everything for these people. She said at a time the church had, had a fire or something. She let them keep the library in her home. She read all the books in the church library. Thinking she was preparing herself for a ministry. And she got very very sick with cancer and was near death in fact she did die Uh, she was in the hospital dying and she said that when she stood before the Lord there was one thing in her life that survived the sifting and that was a child that she had adopted well she had done that out of a a heart of love where God's love uh, was able to produce that fruit in her life but everything else she had done for the church everything else all those works fell through that sifter and God also offered her the opportunity to go back to earth and listen to me this time. Let faith arise and do the work I told you to do. And when she got healed, immediately the ministry that God, that seed of ministry that so many years ago that was pushed down by anger and bitterness that developed into cancer and all of that stuff began to lift off of her. And uh, she said that she started her ministry, I think in her 60s, she was like in her early 80s at that time. And he, and she said she'd been to, all, I don't know how many countries, you may be close to 50 or 60 countries in the world now as a missionary, preaching the gospel, working for God, having a full fruitful life. But see, she believed God initially but took a wrong road her faith led her down a road that that didn't cause her that faith to grow that seed to grow and that seed lay dormant for all of those years and her works uh, did her no good but her works didn't kill it that seed was still there and it came forth and was able to prosper and help people even after all of that her body didn't have any damage from all that cancer and stuff totally restored her so that she she can go and do what God told her to do. So don't tell me your faith isn't isn't powerful. Isn't able to do these things. You don't ever play your faith cheap. And don't cheapen it by taking it away from God. And hiding it from God. Because you think you don't trust him. It's the greatest deception you could ever get into. You know God tell you to do something. Or, or tell you to keep using your faith. And. That kind of stuff. And you start hiding your faith from God. Well it's in the natural now. So you'll get natural results. And the devil will always steal something from you. If you're trying to bring a a promise to pass. By natural means. (coughs) It won't be right. It'll be missing something. Uh, Sometimes uh, it's not a season for that thing to happen in your life. Premature fruit, you'll always have to have it on life support. It'll be more costly to you down the road because of trying to bring it to pass on your own labor. So we have to understand that trusting God is so very, it's vitally important. I don't care how long it takes. Trusting God, it is worth it. I'd rather have the experience of trusting God, and knowing Him, than to have a million things. Right. Amen. You know, Jesus said, in your life, about more than that? I mean, come on, you're in the kingdom. You left that life, and now you're back focusing on things again. Come on, get off of things and get on the kingdom. Yeah, and, and let that righteousness, peace, and joy well up on the inside of you that can feed you and can save you. So Sarah received strength both to conceive and to bring forth. Why? She judged God faithful. Understanding his faithfulness to us increases your faith. It it brings great reward. So in other words, she realized it's up to God to, to make this happen. It's not up to us, because us tried to make it happen over and over again, and us couldn't get the job done. We still aren't satisfied. You know, we brought uh, God allowed us to bring this baby into the world uh, through our own devices. Our own idea conjured this up, and now we can't live with that baby. And mess the whole house up. We've got to throw him out and his mama. You see what I'm saying? So uh, God won't allow a double inheritance for us he'll kill one dream and let the other live and he wants his dream to live for us because that's really the best thing we just don't know it yet we're getting experience with God but experience comes by faith you gotta believe God to get the experience you can't get the experience without believing here you go get your faith involved in it one way or the other so, and and so uh, Abraham and Sarah had a remarkable result with God with their faith. Remarkable result. The other example is uh, in verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried. We hate that word. But you got to know what your faith is made out of it's like when you go to buy a bed, you don't look at that bed and say, oh, I think I'll take you try that bed out. You take it home for a night if you could just to make sure it's going to sleep good. You know, so things we try things all the time. You know, there's, uh, you know, sometimes if you're, uh, uh, say you're you're buying something off the internet, uh, they want to give you, let you, oh, you, you can get all the movies you want, 24 hours a day, 30 day trial. Everybody takes a trial. You take it even if you know you want the stuff. You take the trial because you, back in the back of your mind, a little bit of doubt. Maybe I really don't want this. So I'm going to find out if I want it or not. They're hoping you do that because they know most people forget in 30 days to cancel the stupid thing. So they got you one way. They're trying you. You think you're trying them. They're trying you. (laughs) Just like we think we're trying God. He's trying us. The word is trying us. See what we're made out of. But he says when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise, now this is something God gave you. Now he's telling you to give it back and let it go. That's a hard thing. It's a very hard thing. Because you're, you're asking your faith in that thing to die. Be buried hoping something better will come forth. Because that's the only way God would ask you to do that. He not ask you, he's not a taker folks, he's a giver. If he removes one thing, he will replace it with something else. He removes the one so he can replace it with something better. He wants you to be established now. Instead of just having the things God wants. He wants you to be established in him now. So, Abraham offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise opened up, offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. So, he had faith for God to produce this seed out of nowhere cuz this man was was past menopause i guess and sarah was past menopause so they both on pause so God takes them off pause and gives them the power to conceive So once that happens, now he has to offer up that seed for something better. You've got to believe better's coming. Well, what can be better than that? I mean, come on, God, we sweat it through. Come on, you don't know. You know what it cost us to get this far. Why you taking this away from me now? Why I can't have it now? See, we got a little, sometimes we have a little uh, faith pride in there. You know, they've been calling Isaac. Oh, that's our son. You know, he got a lot of attention for this kid. Now he's going to be missing. (laughs) Won't have the grandchildren. Won't have this, that, and the other. But it says he accounted God to raise him up. So here you got faith for for conception now you got to have faith for death burial and resurrection So you realize that God is giving you this natural seed to raise up a spiritual seed which is the Lord Jesus Christ So this is a prefigure of Christ This is why Abraham's faith is so precious in the earth. Because Abraham believed God to the degree that if God says kill your kid he's going to raise him up again. And he knows it's appointed to man once to die and once to die only. So if God raises this kid up he's going to live forever. Now we all know he didn't do it with Isaac. But it was a pre-figure of Christ who would be raised from the dead and who would live forever. So it says here though, he received him in a figure. So it says that Abraham when he was going up that mountain, he looked afar off and saw the resurrection in a figure. So that picture... Of the resurrection of man from the dead was something that Abraham carried with him to complete our faith. So that's how Abraham's faith is so complete in us. Because we have faith in God's ability to revive natural means to conceive. But also to conquer death by raising man up so that he can live eternally with God. And so this is something that is law pre-moses pre-everything but it's a perfect faith in god so we see god as the god of the living and and god able to raise us up god raising up humanity If, if god if you're slain by god he will raise you up to live eternally you got me you see the power of the seed dying and being raised up so much better so whatever it is that God tells us to lay down. What he raises up is so much better than what we lay down. Because he receives his son in a figure raised up to live eternally. I mean what more could you want than that? You got a kid now walking around that you believe could live forever. Nothing will destroy him. Nothing. I mean parents would, would love to have that assurance over their children's lives. And we get it in the born again experience. Your children can have Christ and live eternally and, and live totally for God. So it, it's a good thing that when we when we have these tests of our faith, that we we allow God to do what He wants to do. If He kills the former, He will raise it up, raise up the latter in a greater and greater way. So it's it's a good thing to do this. So we pass the test of the challenge by faith. Got to have faith in God all the way around. God, if you did this, you're a good God. You're going to provide for us. You're not going to hurt us in this thing. You're not going to let us suffer this way forever. You're going to find the answer for us. There is an answer for us, and you're going to find it for us, God, and I believe you for that thing. So Isaac uh, then was, was uh, you know, that, that there was a ram there, a substitute for him. We know that to be the Lord, to uh, be the prefigure of Christ, the lamb that was slain <clears throat> from the foundation of the earth for the sins of mankind, that we would live forever. So God kills the former so that he could raise up the latter in greater power. Whatever he raises up has greater power. In uh, verse 20 it says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So faith speaks to the future of good things only, good things to come. You don't condemn uh, your seed by telling them they're never going to amount to anything. With faith in God, will have you bless your children and speak over them good things to come. Uh, good things to come, not anything bad or anything. I don't care what kind of behavior they demonstrate in the present time. Faith in God always has good things in store for them. They'll be mighty upon the earth. They, they're not going to be beggars. They're going to be providers. They're, they're going to have plenty of goods and plenty of wisdom to go with the goods. They'll be able to choose uh, uh, godly people to be around them. Godly spouses to, you know, they won't be homosexual. They won't go off on a, a goofy tangent. They'll live, live for God. They'll live straight. They'll have straight kids. They'll have straight grandchildren. They'll have a straight household, you know. In verse 23, we see where uh, the um, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. So, uh, that faith allowed Moses' parents to defy the government in favor of God. And you don't think people defy governments, but look at... What we've lived through, you know, for the past sixty years, it's all all kinds of these governments are goofy sometimes. Uh, the civil rights movement is a good example of people defying government. They just said, you Nope, know, this is not constitutional. you know better. We put up with this for so long, we're not going to do it. It's not right. And so he was hidden for three months because they saw he was a proper child or or a, a flawless child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So faith will make you unafraid when they threaten you. You know, you can't do this. We'll take your your tax-exempt status away. No, you're not going to take that. You didn't give it to me anyway. God gave that to me. Amen. Everything I have belongs to God. And so we, we are not afraid of intimidation. We're not afraid of the king's commandment. Moses then, when he was come to years, he refused the riches of Pharaoh's household. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He wanted his identity with the Hebrew people. Now, that seed of rebelling uh, against authority was planted in him by his parents. You see how that was an inheritance that came to them through God? And so he picked that up, you know, as an inheritance. That faith that his parents had transferred onto him. And he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So th- what we do as believers, we suffer afflictions. We can't have everything the world has. You don't want it anyway. It doesn't taste good to you. After after you've tasted of the heavenly things and heavenly gifts, it, it shouldn't taste good to you anymore. Let me put it to you this way. The devil can trick you into thinking you're having a good time. Uh, he takes the, you know, and as soon as you step over that line, he takes the blinders off and you're like Samson sitting there crying, wishing you had your eyes back. Mm-hmm. And so we... We understand that faith allows us to refuse the world's way of doing things. Refuse the world's goods. Refuse the world's ideas refuse all of that some people think they're gonna die if they're not trying to get something expensive or something you know flashy or something you know what I'm saying something designer you know if them designers don't get saved they're gonna wind up in hell anyways and you know the stuff you buy that has their name on it is gonna be left here you better not (laughs) sacrifice your relationship with God for things these things belong to the, to the earth. And they'll stay here. Now you can enjoy them as much as somebody who's busy for God can enjoy anything. You know, kind of hard to, when God has you employed and, and that's your focus, you know, it's kind of hard to get involved. I, I used to see that as a, a diversion, you know, it's you know pulling away oh, i gotta go buy i gotta go shop i gotta buy something i gotta go you know this and that and the other it wasn't my life anymore i can remember a time when i i had to have designer clothes you know and, and that kind of stuff and you know what i'm saying i mean i was single i worked i could get what i wanted i guess but i had to have a brand new car you know once you've been paid for one of them bad boys that's that's enough Hey. The minute you drive off the lot, it's only worth half it was. If you decide you don't want it real quick, you can't get all your money back. You only get half of it back. So no, I did that once and that was enough. had that experience and so. But you know, you learn that the things of the earth don't satisfy. They don't satisfy your spirit. They might satisfy your flesh for a season, but they don't satisfy. So Moses made that choice said i'll i'll go and suffer with these people and in in his people were suffering at the time they were under bondage they were under slavery they weren't living good and he chose to live the life of a hebrew rather than pretend like he didn't know them people you know what i'm saying <laughs> go put your eyeshadow on and your whatever your king tut wardrobe and stuff and and chill so he forsook all of that and and he didn't care About the king pursuing him and coming after him. He just fled. Faith kept him doing that. Faith in God will keep you pursuing the right things all the time. All the time. doesn't matter what what it is that, that comes before you. Your faith in God will help you to overcome the desire to fall back into those old patterns. Verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. I like that because those were strong walls and they were standing in the way of what God's people wanted to do. And by faith they came down. I don't care what it is that's standing in your way, your faith is able to knock that thing out of the way so that you can get what you want and you can, you can get what you need from God. <clears throat> they had to obey, they had to be disciplined and they had to be on one accord but those walls fell. So there are conditions sometimes for getting major, major miracles. But you can meet those requirements. You, you can do this. Your faith will enable you to do it. Faith is an enabler. It's a strengthener. It's a motivator. And it's powerful. It's powerful. It will do the job. Verse 31. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who didn't believe. She received the spies, she was looking for a way out. And when the spies came, they promised her something that they could have easily reneged on. You know, harlots don't meet the the best caliber of people. She'd probably been promised a lot of things by a lot of men that didn't come through for her. But she held on to believing them to the saving of her entire household. And the other people in the city of Jericho died when those walls fell. But when they came by her house and saw that scarlet thread, they didn't kill the inhabitants of that house. And that was her her seal of covenant with God. And so she was able to overcome her past Her allegiance to the people of her city, her natural inclination of things, and she was a sinner. She wasn't even a Hebrew. She wasn't exposed to the law. She wasn't exposed to any of that. And then opportunity came and she held on to it. She held on by faith. So she believed and her household was saved and other people around her died. It's like Psalm 91 coming to pass in her life. A thousand may fall at my, life, but it won't come nigh me because I got faith in God. I have a covenant with God, I have a covenant with His people that allows for my protection. Verse 30 through 3 These people, uh, it tells about all of the patriarchs uh, in the Bible. The so called heavy hitters, Gideon, David, Samson, uh, uh, Samuel, all the prophets uh, who through faith subdued kingdoms. This ain't no cheap faith, baby. That's what we're trying to do in in praying for in our Rejoice Detroit prayer. We're subduing evil kingdoms of poverty that have have wasted this city and and just dragged off the inheritance and the wealth of this city and just wants to leave the city desolate. Well, we're not. going to put up with that we can subdue that kingdom so there's some in wrought righteousness obtain promises stop the mouths of lions daniel quenched the violence of fire it's the three hebrew boys escape the edge of the sword my goodness how many didn't do that they wax valiant and fight turn the flight to the flight the enemy armies of aliens people receive their dead raised to life again huh Just because of their faith. So when you put your faith in God, you open yourself up to receive something much bigger than you ever thought you could get any other way. Don't ever limit what your faith, they always connect to God through faith. Don't ever doubt and, and get mad and frustrated and angry because it's not happening like you thought it. Just continue to believe God. Get get your peace back about what it is that you think God's supposed to do for you or you think you're working toward or whatever. Learn how to be content where you're at in God. That takes faith too. Faith is a form of contentment. It's not always for something off in the future faith is for living in peace right now you know you need faith in God to be content in the now to be confident in the now and in the future so when you make that faith connection folks it's, it's very precious very important needs to be protected and needs to be cultivated but I'm telling you there's no limit to what God can do through people when they have faith in him amen Father we thank you for your understanding and thank you for allowing us I <laughs> The opportunity to learn what justification by faith really means. Uh, we are people who live by faith. We're just. We are justified. Everything that that we thought we owed has been paid. Everything that stood between us it doesn't is been removed. So we have clear access to your throne room. We can follow through on things that seem to be impossible for us, even things in our natural realm that we don't think we can attain. The impossible. Possible dream Lord is possible because we put our faith in you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer.